welcome to the First and Ten Podcast. Uh, that's a hot take. That's a scorching take. Uh, I'm not afraid to be bold, though. Thriving, surviving, and watching Rutgers football. There's nothing to respect about Rutgers. You know what? It's pain, but we look good while we do it, man. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of the First and Ten Podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Feltz. I'm recording this on the morning of November 29th, Friday, about 11 a.m. here in Indianapolis. Uh, unfortunately, neither of my co-hosts, uh, Reed or Griffin, can join me today for this Rivalry Week preview, one of the most exciting times of the year in college football. Uh, last night, there was a pretty intense rivalry game between Ole Miss and... Mississippi State, the Egg Bowl, the the Pissgate game. It is one of the funniest endings to a college football game I've ever seen. If if you haven't seen it yet, which I don't know how you haven't, this thing's everywhere. You need to look it up and you need to watch it. I'm not even gonna spoil it for you. You just just look just look it up. Trust me, it's great. It is hilarious. It it is comedy. That being said, uh, neither of my co-hosts will be able to join me today. Griffin is doing some service this morning. Props to him. And Reed has got some hockey going on. Good luck to him. Reed will be doing a special preview of the game between OSU and Michigan. Uh, That'll go up sometime in the next uh, day or so. So be on the lookout for that. So I won't be talking too much about Ohio State and Michigan. I'm going to save that for uh, Reed to talk about. I'll give him my take on that. He'll talk about it. I'm busy these next couple days, so I don't know if I'll be able to join him on that. Or, well, I'm busy today. Tomorrow I'm going to be busy watching football, and we obviously can upload it tomorrow when there's a a game starting at 12 that we would be covering. But basically what he's going to be doing is, if you remember uh, the Penn State episode last week, Penn State-Ohio State, it's going to be similar to that. We're going to get takes from a few people, both sides of the rivalry, biased, unbiased, you name it, who they think is going to win, why, what's going to happen what Reed thinks is going to happen, what to watch for. It should be a good episode, and I highly suggest you check it out. With that being said, it's time to talk about this week's matchups outside of Ohio State and Michigan, which is obviously the big one. Uh, For what it's worth in that game, I'm taking Ohio State. You'll hear my reasoning uh, later today or tomorrow in that special The Game episode. So let's start from the top with a few of this week's big rivalry games. And I'm going to start with the one I have the most personal interest in, and that's the Old Oak and Bucket game between Indiana and Purdue. Now, this is a battle for the state of Indiana, not counting Notre Dame or Ball State. So really, it's just a battle for the state of Indiana in terms of the Big Ten. Uh, This year's game will be in West Lafayette at Ross Aid Stadium on the campus of Purdue University. It'll be a noon kickoff on ESPN2. The current streak in the series is, unfortunately, Purdue two games in a row. IU has not won since 2016. And the all-time series is uh, 60-31-3 in favor of Purdue. With that all being said, I think this time... The bucket heads home to Bloomington. 
I'm taking Indiana in a 28-17 win. A little bit closer than I would like it to be, but it is what it is. Uh, first things first, Indiana and Purdue are both pretty injured. Uh, so against Michigan State, IU, like I talked about in our recap of last week's games, IU had a couple guys go down and miss significant portions of the Michigan game. There were guys who missed the Michigan game with previous injuries and guys who got banged up in Michigan but didn't go out. And uh, those guys would be Peyton Ramsey, Ty Freifogel, uh, Watt Fillier did not play against Michigan, and Stevie Scott and Matt Bedford both got hurt. So I'm expecting Watt Fillier to come back, and Peyton Ramsey and Ty Freifogel, it sounds like, will be fine, but Stevie Scott and Bedford are a little bit iffy, and even without Stevie Scott, I think Indiana is going to find success running the football, number one, because Purdue has a pretty below-average run defense not to mention that their front seven is banged up just like the rest of their roster. Not just not just injured, but injured and young. And while I do think uh, George Karloftis can stop the run and stop the pass well, because that guy is one of the best defensive ends in the country, in my mind. He's maybe not like the caliber of a Chase Young or anything, but he is very, very good. And I think he's going to be a dangerous player in about two years. Uh, I still think that even a backup running back for Indiana, a guy like Samson James should be able to get a, or Ronnie Walker should be able to get a pretty significant amount of yardage off of this Purdue defense. And the other guy is Watt Fillier, who's finally back. He missed last week's game against Michigan with an injury, and that that was suffered against uh, Penn State. He was in concussion protocol after a controversial non-targeting call against PSU. It was an ugly, ugly hit. Wap went out. Wap Fillier's been not just the best receiver on Indiana this season, but I would argue the best receiver in the Big Ten. Uh, so having him back is going to be huge for Peyton Ramsey. And Purdue, on the other hand, they're not just injured. <laughs> like I've said, they're also very freshman heavy and walk-on heavy. And at the most important position on the field, quarterback, they are playing a walk-on. Aiden O'Connell, who, well, he's he's played well for for a third string walk on, I I don't think it's going to be enough to beat Indiana. I I I have appreciated his effort, especially in that Northwestern game. They pulled it off. People were kind of doubting Purdue, like oh they're starting a walk on quarterback. It's all over, but they pulled it off even against a bad Northwestern team. And uh, Wisconsin that that game was pretty dead even in the first half before Wisconsin pulled away, and I'm expecting something kind of similar. I think. If Indiana's up maybe 14 to 10 at halftime, I, I would not be surprised by that. If they can pull away and get a double-digit win or, you know what, any kind of win I would take as a Hoosier fan, but I'd like for it to be a little bit more than a, you know, one-pointer kick at the last minute against this caliber of a Purdue team, you know? And beating Purdue is one of the most important things in any Indiana football season and beating Indiana is one of the most important things in any Purdue football season. It's a rivalry. That's how these things work. So both teams are going to have a chip on their shoulder, even though Purdue season is for all intents and purposes over at four and seven, I guess they could still sneak into a bowl if they win this game. And somehow there aren't enough bowl teams. I think there is some going to be a shortage of bowl teams. There might be a couple of five and seven teams who get in, but I doubt a five and seven Purdue would get in over say a, 5-7 and seven Nebraska just because of the fan interest and all that. 
but uh, Indiana should win this. Indiana's the better team. Indiana's 7-4 and four for a reason. Purdue's 4-7 and seven for a reason. And I think at the end of the year, Purdue fans, well, you would think, oh, a 4-8 and eight year or a 5-7 and seven year, even with no bowl, that should be disappointing given the expectations coming in. But I wouldn't be disappointed if I were a Boilermaker, as it's been pretty much just injuries across the board to guys who are important to this team. Elijah Sindler, Rondale Moore, you name it. So for a freshman-heavy team like this, you take what you can get. And at times like these, you wish, if you're a Boilermaker fan, that you could have pulled it off against Nevada in that first game of the season, and now it costs you a shot at bowl eligibility or even having a chance in the last week of the season if they could have beaten Indiana. If they could beat Indiana, who knows? And uh, for the Hoosiers, this game will be the difference, I think, between two types of bowl games. If they go seven and five, that probably means like a Foster Farms Bowl or something. Not not the Foster Farms Bowl, the Red Box Bowl. It's been renamed. Or a Pinstripe Bowl and something like the Music City or Gator Bowl. Seven and five versus eight and four. And eight and four does give you a chance at nine win Deanna which is, of course, all important. So I am taking the Hoosiers in this one. I think the bucket will go back to Bloomington. And all is right in Hoosier land. At the beginning of the season, I said 6-6 six and six in a bucket, and I'm content. 8-4 and four in a bucket, I'd be more than content. So uh, go out there and get it done, Hoosier football, I believe. Next up... Uh, the battle for the land of Lincoln, the land of Lincoln trophy, Northwestern and Illinois. Here are two teams who have had pretty much opposite trajectories this season to what I expected and to what almost everybody expected. Northwestern last season, of course, coming off of winning the Big Ten West, Illinois coming off of a disappointing campaign yet again under Olivia Smith. I had Northwestern finishing, I believe, second in the Big Ten West this year behind Nebraska. Both of those projections have turned out well about as badly as you could expect and Illinois they're six and five uh they could finish with an above 500 record for the first time in years and Northwestern is somehow two and nine with zero conference wins uh their only wins this season have come over the running rebels at UNLV and UMass which does that even count as a win let's be real uh, this game will be in Champaign. I'm looking up uh, the, the stats for the Land of Lincoln Trophy. Give me a minute. So the Land of Lincoln, the current win streak is four straight for Northwestern. These Northwestern players, uh, nobody on the roster has lost to Illinois before. Uh, Illinois, yeah, they haven't won since 2014, and, uh, I'm trying to see who leads the all-time series, it's not popping up, Illinois leads the all-time series 55-52-5, there it is, sorry for the little bit of a delay, that was a little, that's my fault, I should have had this stuff pulled up, uh, I think Illinois will extend their uh, lead in the series and break that Wildcat streak at home. Land of Lincoln Trophy goes back to Champaign. I'm taking Illinois by a score of... Hmm. 
No, 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 no. 35-6. 35-6. Northwestern is not getting a touchdown. That offense is about as gridlocked as Chicago traffic. Expect a big game from Brandon Peters. Uh, I don't know what else to say, except this has been the most... This has been the worst-case scenario for Northwestern this year. And this has been the best-case scenario for Illinois. And a 7-5 and five season for Illinois, that number one, will put a lot of trust in that ad- from that administration into Lovey Smith. And number two, could send him to a pretty decent bowl game, like a red box or a uh, pinstripe, which I know I was saying for Indiana, you don't want to go to those because you'd rather go to Music City or Gator. But for Illinois... That's pretty good. That's that's better than they've had in a long, long time. So, I, I really, really think that Illinois is going to win big, and this will kind of be the trend in the series for as long as I can see. I don't think Northwestern is going to be back next season, so to speak. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, and I hope I am wrong. I like Northwestern, but... I think Illinois is going to be the dominant team in this series for years to come. Who saw that one coming? Like, really? I, I didn't. I know nobody else really did. Good for Illinois, though. Uh, you're, you're really not expecting that to be the uh, future of this series win. All right, sorry for the interruption there. Uh, some people don't understand that a locked door and a sign that says recording means that I'm recording and I don't want to be interrupted. But it's fine. There's a game going on 2.30 p.m. today. Iowa at Nebraska. Uh, corn battle. I know it's the Heroes game and it's a forced rivalry by the Big Ten and all that, but I'm calling it the Corn. The Corn game. The Corn battle. Which state has a superior corn? That will be decided on the field today in Lincoln. Iowa's already got their bull spot locked up. They're eight and three. Nebraska, five and six. They could punch a ticket to a bowl game, and I guess a five and seven bowl is possible, but unlikely. Nebraska with a win would go to the bowl game for the first time in I believe three years. They certainly haven't been last year or year before, I don't think. So uh, this is BTN uh, afternoon kickoff, Black Friday game. I'm taking Iowa in a slugfest. I think this game's going to be ugly. I don't think either team will put up many points. I think Iowa 16-3. to I don't have much to say about this. This is going to be a boring game. I also won't be able to watch this. I'll be at the Indiana High School Football State Championships. I'm covering that at Lucas Oil Stadium, downtown Indianapolis. So uh, I won't be able to watch this game. I'll... Try and keep posted as best as I can, but if I don't have many takes on this in our recap next week, uh, you know the reason why. Uh, I do have Iowa in in a slugfest. Uh, If you're Nebraska and if you're Scott Frost, you really hope you can get this one done because getting to a bowl game would probably put more confidence in you and make your seat a little bit colder going into next year because uh, the bowl game should not be a surprise that Nebraska should be an expectation for for a program like that. So getting to one, uh, that would make his seat much less hot next season. And I, I think his seat, it's it's rather comfortable right now, but 
missing a bowl this year and then missing a bowl again next year could spell trouble. That's something to keep an eye on. Can Nebraska get it done today? Guess we will have to wait and see. Next game, uh, Paul Bunyan's Axe is going to be an amazing game. Game day is going to be in Minneapolis, Wisconsin, Minnesota, 10-1 and Gophers, 9-2 and Badgers, ABC 330 tomorrow. This game is going to be amazing. This is going to be one of the best games of the season, not just in the Big Ten, but in the whole country. This is one of the games to watch tomorrow, and when you're done watching the game and the bucket at 12, flip to ABC, watch this, trust me. Minnesota has had a season to remember, one of the most un, uh, un, un, unforeseen <laughs> seasons I, I can remember. Nobody expected Minnesota to be doing this well except for our own Reed Murray, and even he said they wouldn't be 10-1. He said, I think, 9-2, and 9-3 going into this game. So uh, Minnesota has, has beaten everybody's expectations, thanks in large part to Tanner Morgan, P.J. Fleck. Uh, Wisconsin had an un- un- unbelievable start to the season, and I was thinking, oh, Wisconsin, they could, they could compete with Ohio State. Who knows? Then they lost to Illinois, a huge upset, and then the Ohio State game happened, and Ohio State just took them to the woodshed. And uh, it's really not been the same since then for Wisconsin. They've gotten it done. They've gotten the wins. They beat Purdue last week in a game that – was very close in the first half, like I said, but second half, Wisconsin did turn on the Jets, a whole lot of Jonathan Taylor, who's been having a remarkable year. And today, in or tomorrow, in the, in the battle for the axe, Paul Bunyan's axe, I really don't know who to pick, but I'm leaning towards the Gophers just because of that home field advantage in Minneapolis. And I think this win... This is the battle for the Big Ten West Championship, number one and number two. I think Minnesota gets it done. I just do. I've got a feeling that P.J. Fleck isn't ready to lose the axe. He's ready to get to that Big Ten Championship game. He wants a shot at Ohio State. He wants a shot at the playoff. I, I think Minnesota gets it done. Maybe I'm wrong. Another storyline to look forward to in this one is uh, the rivalry. And this is one of the number one, not the number one, but it's one of the top rivalries in the country. Uh, a lot of a lot of blood, bad blood on both sides in this one, especially that both teams are going to be top 15 going into this. Uh, you better watch out because it could get ugly at points. I saw a video of a couple of years ago, Wisconsin won the axe, and they were going over to chop down the goalposts like you do. And Minnesota just guarded their goalposts. They were like, we're not letting you do that. That's not in our field. You're not, you're not chopping down our goalposts, which I thought was kind of the epitome of the, the axe game. So both teams do have an axe to grind with each other, pun intended. I think Minnesota gets it done, and I think they'll get it done in a pretty bad axe fashion. I'm so sorry for that pun. I I really do apologize for for that. What in the hell was I thinking with that pun? That that didn't even work. Are there any other rivalries going on this week in the Big Ten? That's your question. The answer is yes. There's Ohio State and Michigan, which I'm not going to talk about. 
But also no, because <laughs> Minnesota and Wisconsin, that's a rivalry. Indiana-Purdue, that's a rivalry. Northwestern Illinois, yeah, that's a rivalry. Oh, the other games, though. I mean, Iowa-Nebraska, that's kind of a rivalry, but I'm counting it. I'll count it. I will count it. These other ones, no. Rutgers and Penn State. I don't want to spend five minutes talking about this game. In fact, I'm going to spend about 30 seconds. Rucker bad, Penn State good, Rucker by a billion. Just just kidding, Penn State by a billion. Why I say Rutgers? Uh, can, can I edit that out? No? No. Okay, yeah, we're going to roll with it. Penn State, Penn State by a billion. No, 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 no. I don't want that clip to get used against me by saying Rutgers is going to beat Penn State. Because they will not. Rutgers will not beat Penn State. Don't use this out of context. Please. Slip of the tongue. I swear. The pretty bad slip of the tongue at that. Uh, and our other game, Michigan State and Maryland. As ugly as Michigan State's looked in their last few games, Maryland has looked about ten times worse. Michigan State's going to win big, just like they did last week against Rutgers. Michigan State gets to the quick lane bowl, as we all have been saying for a few weeks now. And uh, it'll, it'll smell like disappointment in Little Caesars, like we said. Uh, last game this week is Ohio State-Michigan, which Reed's going to cover. And I think that's going to do it. Except I've got I've got Reed's predictions here. I'm gonna read his. Huh, read his. Uh, so my predictions once again. I've got Indiana, Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Minnesota, and Illinois. Reed has Illinois twenty eight, Northwestern ten. So he has Northwestern scoring a touchdown. How interesting. That doesn't happen often. Iowa 13, Nebraska 7. Okay, another slugfest prediction. Uh, a little bit closer than mine, I guess. But, hey, it's possible. It's in Lincoln. Indiana 27, Purdue 21. Closer than I thought, but he's still got Indiana winning the bucket, which, at the end of the day, that's all that counts. Minnesota 38, Wisconsin 35. I didn't give a score prediction for this one, but I think the score will be similar. I think it'll be a barn burner. It'll be a very close game. Uh and I think Minnesota wins, too. I'm with him. Penn State, 62. Rutgers, 3. Sounds about right. Michigan State, 17. Maryland, 10. It's not going to be that close. I really don't agree with Reed here. I don't think Maryland has the fight in them to have a close game. Michigan State wants to get to a bowl. Maryland doesn't give a shit anymore. Maryland is done. Maryland is over. And this is my favorite prediction of his. Ohio State, 2,926. T-T-U-N-3. T-T-U-N. Michigan, of course. I'm allowed to say Michigan. He is not. So he said he chose the number for the other school, Michigan, because Michigan has won three times this century. And he chose 2,926 because that's the amount of days it'll have been since the last Michigan win over Ohio State. Pettiness level 1,000. Thanks, Reed. So that'll do it for today's episode. Uh, please go check us out on Spotify. Subscribe. Find our Instagram at the first and 10 at first and 1G on Twitter.com. We're on YouTube, first and 10, 1G, I believe. 
Reed's got an episode coming out tomorrow about Ohio State and Penn State. You'll hear my prediction for that. You'll hear Griffin's predictions for all of this weekend's games. So stay tuned for that. I'm Patrick. Thanks for listening. Bye.